Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. John, what's up? It's a weekend, baby. What's up, man? Oh, it's a Friday. It is a Friday. It has been a long, busy week. I just hit fade to black instead of super source, <laughs> Fade to black. It's all good. <laughs> hey, whatever works, man. Fade to black. Fade. So on YouTube, you may or may not see a little section of black there. Exactly. Sorry. Depending if I remember to fix it or not. Oh, my gosh. Hey, John, what is the oldest marketing campaign you remember? Oh, man. that You know, the first one that comes to mind is the Where's the Beef. Yeah, which is which, you know, yeah, applicable for us. Yeah, exactly. But... uh Man, we're both '80s babies technically, know. but we both were old enough to remember ads in the '90s, right? And right? I can think of a lot of TV commercials, but I'm trying to think campaign. You know, something that had a lot of print ads that I noticed too. Mm-hmm. And thinking back to when I was a kid, it's a little difficult. But mm. I think the Super Bowl commercial with the Budweiser frogs, because yeah. I had a shirt that my uncle gave me because he's an avid. Budweiser I remember fan. those shirts. Yeah, yeah. they're like white t-shirts. Yeah, with, and yeah. it just had the frog on it and King of Beers or whatever. Yeah, you know what Marlboro did as well. Uh, Remember yeah. those those white t-shirts with the big red Marlboro logo? Um, fun fact, they actually can't legally make those anymore. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I think so. With all the they're yeah. not allowed to advertise like they were when we were. Now really they have young. to yeah. say too, you know, like, hey, this could cause cancer and right, all that yeah. stuff. And a lot of the ads now at the end are say, like, hey, we don't encourage smoking, blah, right, blah, yeah. Like it's like, what? Yeah. It's totally different. Well, they have to legally put so much money into quit smoking or quit tobacco yeah. campaigns. Yeah. I was trying to think of other ones. One that just popped to mind, and I could be wrong, so correct me if I am, but okay. was it Wheaties that did the baseball or basketball cards? Yes. Remember there was like a lot of yes, athletes on the Because you wanted boxes? to be on the Wheaties box. That's right. Yeah. That was it, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember there was Wheaties Olympians. Because I remember when they had the... The Olympics in America, I think it was in Atlanta Yeah, when I was a kid. And, and Olympics were way bigger of a deal, I feel like, when we were kids because- yeah. I think part of it was because we did host them here. That's right. And yeah. we watched on TV right. as a family. There wasn't as much accessibility via the phone. Right. And my mom actually had a business trip to Atlanta during that time and went to Coca-Cola and all that. So for me, oh, that's cool. it was kind of like, you know, and it, I was there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I remember all the Frosted Flakes commercials, like, you know, Tony they're the Tiger, they're great. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot with that. I mean, he, yeah. it was like the box was very iconic and yep. there was print media for that. I mean, how many cereal commercials were there on a Saturday morning? Yeah. You remember the uh, the crazy, what was it? Pops? Corn Pops? Pops. The yeah. crazy guy that and would then, go nuts. What's the marshmallow cereal? Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. The little- Magically delicious. Magic, magically delicious. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. Um, oh, there's so that's funny to actually have yeah. never thought about the fact that there were a lot of cereal commercials. A lot of cereal commercials. Um, kids commercials were a bigger deal back then. You know then. what's funny too? I don't see as many cereal commercials now, but I buy those cereals for my kid. What did do you they think do it was to psychologically? Me? What did they do to they me? They programmed your DNA, bro. They, they knew me. Yeah, I chocolate like come. Cocoa Krispies. And oh, yeah. Rice Krispies, the Snap oh, Crackle Pop. Snap thing. Crackle Pop, yeah. dude. Yeah. This is bizarre. Fruit gushers, you know, like oh, the yeah, kid's their head heads. turns into the fruit and explodes. Yeah. Um, okay. So for those of you that follow us on YouTube, yeah. uh, it's Beefy Marketing. Uh, you can look up Business Growth Hacks and it should be sh- it should show up. But we'll drop some of our favorite 90s yeah. ads up as a part of the, the video here. because 
there's just so many good ones that like come to mind for me. That I know. Nerf was a bigger deal. Like oh, Nerf, all the cool Nerf commercials. Cool Nerf commercials. Uh, I'm trying to think because I feel like there are. And like it also said, makes me wonder, am I just older now so I don't notice those ads? I don't and feel like we, we can yeah. skip. Uh, technology's changed. A hundred percent. Back then when we were consuming content, you weren't consuming it from your phone. There was no phones when we were kids. No. Not, oh, it was well, coming, but it was not It there. was attached to the wall in the house. That's still. right. Yeah. Exactly. We were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. And so I think that we did watch. We were sitting there. There wasn't 10 streaming services that you right. could be a part of either. Yeah. I mean, it, to watch TV was like- Limited options. Three, you know, four, 13, four, 11, four. 13, 11, 26, for video games. and 20. Yeah, exactly. And then at nighttime, the- WB39 Something, happened, something happened at nighttime and you could get- 40 something oh yeah 40. 51 came out eventually and 55 was like the old but yeah there was TVs. only like four or five channels when i first started growing up and, and then you cable kind of started coming out more popular yeah and then you had cartoon network and they had their right. own set of commercials mm-hmm. oh man i'm trying to think if there's any other ones that are just like iconic to me that i mean there was so there was great apple commercials at the time yeah um yeah, they used to have the apple commercials that were all epic you know like the larger than life type yes stuff. yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking ones. about? Because yeah. I, I watched a scary movie four the other day, and they made fun of the iPod commercial. Oh, remember yeah. the one where it like yes. where it dropped? Yeah. Oh, there was also all the Apple versus PC commercials. Do you remember oh, those? Yeah. Hi, I'm a PC. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And I'm a Mac. And Justin Long played the Mac. That's funny. <laughs> and he went on to like become an actor. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's some great commercials out there. So today we're going to be talking about traditional marketing in the digital age. In the digital age. And I've got some statistics to share with you because we do that every single time. I love statistics. Me too. I mean, it kind of just, you know, it's like, hey, look, what we're about to talk about, it's legit. Yeah. It validates everything we're about to say. Yeah. So even if what we say is dumb, we started with something. This is smart. We started with somebody who was smart. <laughs> yeah. 50% of traditional marketing has little to no audience interaction. Wow. That's we. That's weird to me because I feel like, I don't know if that statistic would have been true. Yeah. 10, 15, 20 years ago. Well, think about what we just talked about. We obviously had some sort of interaction. Oh, no, we were in, yeah. Because we remember those things. Yeah, I remember wanting, okay. But I, I wonder I, if they mean interaction like it, you know, the interactive, the, just the you ability, know, like, like interactive. It's truly interactive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, do you remember Lugs? Yes. The shoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah. there was that magazine, and I, I can't remember what it was called, um, that you would get in the mail and it had all the shoes that you could buy. Oh. Uh, I know it's and it's like tip of my tongue. It's all good. There was commercial like that, and I know for me it was like when I watched that commercial, it was like oh, sp- uh, sports, um, journeys. No, it wasn't journeys. I'm never gonna remember. It's okay. Uh, I remember though getting the catalog and like wanting to get like you know different pairs of shoes just because of how cool the whole commercials were. I can't sports I'm, bay. I'm good. I don't man. even know if that's a thing. I can't remember. Oh, LimeWire? LimeWire? You remember that's totally different. But do you oh, remember they yes, had commercials? Yes, yes, You're yes, like, that's yes. not shoes, but that's yeah. That's not shoes, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, here's another stat. Twenty five percent of marketers say traditional marketing's biggest drawback is the high cost. Now that we know we both know to be true. Yeah, hundred percent. Because well, physical things, there's a cost to a physical thing. Yeah. You know, a car costs what a car costs because Yeah. Yeah. And you think about billboards, you know, there's a there's a huge sign that yeah, has to be you have printed. To, well, and even if you were to hand paint it, the amount of paint That's right. and time it would take, you'd have to hire an artist. Like you have to think physical things require physical things to be done. That's right. Yeah. And it, it requires Magazines, more effort. Yeah. You know, any of that traditional t- television ads, it's, radio ads. It's going to take money out of your wallet 
to do something physical. Digitally, you can kind of do things for the appearance of free anyway. Yeah. With things you've already paid for, i.e. your computer, your internet, things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, we've done an episode all about how sales has changed. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I think it's really impactful. Probably should go back. Yeah. Go check that one out. Not right in a second. Listen to this one. No, first. Keep, no finish kidding. this keep, one first. Keep listening. <laughs> you don't need that. It's not, not a prerequisite That's course right. to not, this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now we need to talk about marketing and obviously how it's changed. And I think for most of us, we've seen the transition. Yeah. You know, Especially in our lifetime as we were just talking. I mean, it. we are those... Marcus always says it on the other podcast yeah. we're, we're working on. He always talks about how the fact that like we're these in-betweeners. Right. Where like we would be okay without technology. Right. Whereas the new generation probably would not be. Yeah. You know, because we had both. Half of our young lives, we did not have any of it. Right. And then the, you know, I'd say from like 13, 14 and older. Yeah. We started getting introduced to it. Mm -hmm. And then there was just this huge fast shift. Oh, yeah. Like it happened I think fast. When I graduated high school, it was like overnight tech companies were blowing up out of nowhere. Google was becoming a real thing worth money, like real money. I remember when the first iPhone dropped and I just like, at the time, I didn't think it was a big deal. I I didn't think iPhone was a big deal at the time. Yeah, it was just like, okay. It wasn't until about iPhone 3 that I was like, the whole world is about to change. Yeah. Yeah. Because the technology just get It was just rapidly yeah, it was evolving. advancing. Yeah. Evolving. You're right. And Apple, you know, they do a damn good job of convincing you that you need it. Yeah. Which is why you have a Mac and yeah. an iPhone uh-huh. and an iPad and an Apple Watch. It's like right. all of a sudden we've we've... Oh, Apple wow. has brainwashed all of us with incredible advertising, right. the power of psychology. You need them to work and, together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like we always, <laughs> everybody picks on me in the office because I'm always like the ecosystem, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's just, it works so well. And everybody's like, ecosystem. But it's true. I mean, once you have all the devices, I you start just to see. changed from a Samsung to the iPhone 13. And, and how- the streamlinability between my computer and my phone, I can do so much <laughs> more. Not that my Samsung could not connect to my computer yeah. and do things. It's just easier. It's one touch. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. just like our other John. Whenever he got yeah. when he got hired, I remember him specifically telling me I, I, never, I, use I will Apple. never use an <laughs> Apple product. There's no way in hell. And I remember telling him, All right, you start editing yeah, some just stuff wait. and then we'll and, see. And then we gave him a Mac to use. Yep. Then he had some problems with his phone, so he went and got a iPhone because he was like, Well, I guess I'll try it. Yeah. Well, then he started seeing how well those two connected. So he got an Apple Watch. I didn't realize he got the watch. Too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Now it's like, yeah, you are you are all in, baby. You are Apple. Check his watch out <laughs> exactly. because I want one now too. <laughs> oh my gosh. It really is impressive just like how integrated our devices have become. Yeah. And I think that that is like- And how much the, they influence what we do, our activities daily. It's funny that you say that. So just yeah. earlier, I was working out. And for the last few days, and I don't know if it's my fault or if it's my Apple Watch's fault, but yeah. when I'm wearing the little, you know, boxing gloves, yeah. my my Apple Watch is freezing on my workout. It's not freezing, but it's basically pausing, even though oh, it's locked. Oh, I got you. And that's not a big deal. Like I can get to the bottom of that and figure it out. But what I was frustrated about is like when I don't close my rings, mm-hmm. I'm actually psychologically frustrated. Yeah. I'm like, that workout doesn't count. I Even though gotcha. I just busted ass. Like I just burned 600 because, calories, but, but my Apple Watch didn't say well, I did it. that look is validation. The, the graphics, right. those infographics. Those circles, the yeah. closing your rings. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how 
powerful that is for me. Like I'm literally going to work out again tonight because I've got to make, I've got to make, gotta close make sure my rings. I close my rings. Yeah. I don't want to have like, no, I don't want to break my streak, you know, cause you have these like streaks. I'm yeah. like, okay, you've in seven days in a row, you've closed all your rings. I know what you're saying. I got mad one time because I had to charge my watch and it yeah. was like, you took this many steps today. I was like, that's bull. Cause I walked around and mowed the yard for like four hours. And it's like, that's uh, not really not really yeah. i know i feel the need to, to justify myself yeah exactly like sitting there just put your uh put it on the dog, <laughs> the dog <laughs> so it's yeah. weird like you said how how much it impacts our decisions and our behavior exactly and i think that that is at the core of the shift we've seen from uh-huh. traditional to digital marketing i think it is not at the core it is it you know but we're saying the same thing i'm just yeah, no. Being more dramatic about yeah, it. Yeah. It is dramatic, John. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. You know, traditional marketing, it typically centers around, you know, product, price, mm-hmm. promotion, place. Big P's. You know, you know, for example, uh, billboards. That's obviously traditional marketing. Yep. Uh, magazines. Yeah. Newspaper. TV commercials. TV commercials. Radio even radio spots. spots yeah. Right? All of that's what I would consider traditional. Um, we, we Oh, your flyers, too. Flyers. Yep. Yep. Your grocery um, stores. Oh, yeah. Even on the back of a receipt, flip it over and you got all those now, little yeah. ads and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff is what I would consider traditional marketing, right? Yeah. I think traditional is probably anything you can physically touch. Yeah. And hold. I think, yeah, ex- that's exactly right. If you can hold it, you can touch it. If you can, you know, like t-shirt, even I'd say something like a t-shirt yeah. or a hat, you know, mm-hmm. um, traditional marketing was kind of event centered. It really was. It was your President's Day sale, your That's Memorial right. Day sale, Black Friday came That's out right. of that. Cyber Monday is kind of one of those things that we've seen the full transition into digital. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It was always really campaign driven. Right. And I feel like even that is starting to change. Like, yeah, you still have marketing campaigns, but, but I feel like it's- It's it can- more, hey, this is the kind of people we are by our product. Yeah. You know, that is more the, the statement nowadays. Yep. And then all of a sudden what happened in the early the 90s? Oh man, they started pulling bookshelves out of my public library over there, and yep. they, they put these things in there called Macintosh computers. Ooh, I remember how. Oh, dude, I remember <laughs> vividly yeah. being like, I think I was at Jones, which was for me fourth grade. Okay, um, and it was considered the intermediate school at the time. It was not right. an elementary school at the time. So yes, and because so, I went to El- so none of our listeners care about this, but they I went to Holloman. Yeah, from kindergarten to third. Okay, I went to Jones for four. Roberts Road. You went to that Robert Road, okay. And then I did fifth and sixth at Schultz. Yeah, okay. And then I did seventh, eighth, junior high. Yeah. And then ninth through twelfth at the high school. So, so for me, I went through a lot of schools. Well, I was a little bit older, so I didn't go through all of them. Well, no, I did, but Jones for me was fifth and sixth grade. I never went to Schultz, but it was my locker room in seventh grade before the field house was finished on the new high school. So where was junior high for you? Seventh and eighth. It was at the junior high. Okay, so you had it there as well. Yeah, but that was the high school for me the year before I went to the junior high there, if that oh, makes sense. Yeah, because the junior high beca- in our town, yeah, the, the junior high became the high school. Or the high school became the, the junior, junior high and they and built the a new high school. Yes, and true, they're yeah. doing that again, again this, right now. this fall Yeah, with an even bigger school. Oh, that school looks so cool. Oh, yeah. I, I want to go, go back. check out the yeah, theater like, department. Can we, can we do a tour, please? I'll do a... But you're. Yeah. I, I remember, though, being all that to say, <laughs> yeah. in fourth grade, there was a tangent. 
Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> that was a rabbit hole. Let's <laughs> climb down off the soapbox. Uh, fourth grade, I remember sitting there and they were like, you know, we got this big grant and we're mm-hmm. getting this computer lab. See, that's what I was getting to. Yes. And it was like there, a computer yeah. lab. What's a computer lab? Mm-hmm. And it what was like, we mean? got 10 Macintoshes. Yeah. And I was like, what is, what is Macintosh? a Macintosh? Yeah. I don't know. We, we hardly yeah. knew what computers were. Right. We still took typewriting classes, you know, yeah. like that was a thing. Like, and then they start telling me every computer in the world is connected. And it's, oh, what? Did you, did you, you had to have taken typewriting too. Yeah, I did. I just had this weird moment in my head where I'm thinking no kids now will ever know a typewriter. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, you're right. Like actual typewriter. <laughs> we yeah. took typewriter and, and like when we were a little bit older, we ended up taking computer, typing, yeah. like typing on a, oh my God. I mean, the computer keyboard kind of derive from sure. the typewriter there's a lot of similarities but i mean there were specific oh buttons we're old bro backspace <laughs> exists because it is a typewriter function to move it back a space that's right back yeah. a space yeah oh my god we are we old we old anyway but, but anyways here we go again <laughs> you know i think a lot of times you know um when there's that big change we start to see i, I think when we were young we kind of started seeing a potential right right it's like okay what is this? Like, what's this about? This is kind of exciting. Right. I remember there was a shift for me. My first initial contact with the internet and technology was, I guess, because being from a small town, it was, this is too much. This is something we don't need. Scary big brother, you know, stuff like that. They'll be able to watch everything we do and things like that. But then there was a shift for me as I realized how beneficial it was. Mm-hmm. You know, how much it could help do things, how much it could connect people. And then, yeah, I wish I would have fully embraced what it was going to do. Like I was smart enough to understand like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. But I don't think at the time I was fully aware of how big it was going to be. See, I I did. That's kind of why I got into web design. Early on. Early on. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Well, I was also interested in it. Yeah. It was just cool to me. It was a new thing that was probably going to be the future. Yeah. I might as well learn this. This is the way things are going, you know? That's so cool, man. Like, cause I, I, I like regret a lot of those, like, cause again, we've talked about this in some of other episodes, but like yeah. MySpace was like a new thing for us when we were in high oh, school. Yeah. And like, that was where we kind of got our feet wet in coding mm-hmm. and, and the digital, what was coming next. Right. Yeah. But even then it still, it still felt so like playful. It felt like, oh, this is just for fun. It's not a money making device. I remember when YouTube was making people money and I thought, yeah, like how, why? Just posting videos and online. And then you start looking into it and being in marketing, working at a marketing agency at the time, it was like, hey, we need to start doing this or we're going to miss out, you know? Yeah. And I think that that right there was the the journey that would eventually become this digital marketing age. And, you know, now it's more powerful than ever. Right? Yeah. I and mean, and it's only growing. Connected. Yeah. It's only growing more so and more so, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what digital marketing is. Like anybody that's listening to this it. podcast. Yeah. You know, we're I mean, about honestly, Facebook, you're probably Instagram. using it on your phone, right? To, exactly. So you know, digital. If you're things, using any yeah. social media app, digital marketing. If you're getting I'd any ad, if you're listening to marketing. a podcast at all, digital marketing. Is you know, yeah. in your vocabulary. So Absolutely. I guess we should talk a little bit about digital versus traditional. Yeah, and which one you should pick. Okay, so in my opinion, uh-huh. they're both great. 
And I, I think agree. That that's really a big part of this conversation today. I, I think a lot of times people are one or the other and they're strongly mm-hmm. opinionated about that. Because traditional is the only way or digital is the only that's way. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's that's a waste. That's a waste. Yeah. One of the other, right? And I I think anything that is too extreme left or right is unbalanced. I 100% agree. Yeah. You know, obviously digital reaches a wider audience. Yeah. You know, where traditional reaches typically a more targeted local audience. But let's say your goals. Yeah. You run a lawn care company. Mm-hmm. Do you care about promoting your business worldwide? Yeah. Or do you care about promoting it on your block? That's exactly right. And I think yeah. that, that goes back down to understanding your customer persona, your demographic. Yeah. When we help brands decide where they should spend money and where they should advertise and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff, it comes back to, did you do that brand discovery? Did you do your customer persona? Yeah. Once you understand where your ideal customer spends their time, invest yeah, their money, you know, you know how to advertise to them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how we can make those decisions, whether or not traditional is a good fit. Right. Actually, just, uh, I think it was Tuesday, we did a big branding onboarding, a big branding project Tuesday. we're doing. Was it Tuesday? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first things that as a team we discovered with the client was they're spending a lot of money on old traditional advertising. Right. And based on the demographic that we discovered with them that they mm-hmm. have, it's a waste of money for them. Wow. At least in the way that they're currently doing it, right? Gotcha. Doesn't mean that traditional would not work. It's just the way, the avenues that they're currently using. Their customers uh, are not there. Let's equate it to this. All of your fans are at the beach and you're putting signs up at the lake. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, now digital can be, okay, this one's a loaded one because digital can be more cost effective because it is more hyper targeted. I, I, I got you. You're not, right? it's not shotgun. Yeah. But it can also be expensive, right? Because mm-hmm. you are competing with a lot more people. Well, and there's people out there with very large budgets in the digital space. That's right. But and you're dealing with that in traditional marketing as well. I think traditional traditional marketing, you obviously can do things that are going to create more personal connections, you know? Yes, I think so too. Because, you know, an email is not nearly as personal. If someone sent you a letter, mm-hmm. wow, they really cared. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if I stop by your office. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like that because I consider that even traditional, like cold right. calling and, yeah. you know, like outside sales. Stopping by is way big because, hey, I'm here in front of you. Yeah. You know, I was in the area. So- no, oh, I can't wait to get to the talk about like bridging these two, but uh, right. I know I'm like trying like, to pull. Uh, don't say jump. it. Don't, don't say it yet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, obviously, the biggest thing about digital, I think, is that you have a better overview of ROI. Absolutely, I think it's better tracking. Yeah. Not, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it's more accurate tracking and real time data. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing with traditional. You can get that data back, but it's not. It's harder. Come, yeah. Like a, a great example would be um, Facebook ads versus a postcard mailer. Absolutely. Okay, I send out a thousand postcards, and mm-hmm. I send them three months in a row to the same exact audience because one, right. I know that most of the people are most likely going to just chunk the first postcard, chunk the second postcard. Yep, and they might read. The they third might one. read the third version. Yeah. Right. And so, in that. Comp- you know, I'm just hoping that someone calls me from that postcard and I say, mm-hmm. hey, how did you hear about me? Right. And they say, oh, I got your par- postcard in the mail. Right. But it might be until someone calls me that I'll know how that performed. So, and some people, they'll take like a file folder and mm-hmm. throw all these little cards in there for businesses or yep. when they need it, they'll go. Yeah, so it. It, could be, it could be six months, nine months, 12 yeah. months down the road before you know how it performed. Where with Facebook ads, you see how many people, mm-hmm. you have you see how many impressions it had. 
how many people clicked on it. Right. How, how many, many people, people actually purchased or purchased yeah. or submitted a form. Or yeah, did they, right? they Whatever completed the action. The was, action yeah. Right. And so like there's a lot faster, you know, tracking, which is good because that's a money saver. Oh yeah. If I can quickly assess whether or not something's working or not, I can quickly adjust strategy. Well, you're going to waste more time or money in traditional media just because of the nature of the time it takes to figure out are people seeing this or not. Yeah. You know, when you think about Facebook ads, you can do a lot of A-B testing. Oh, yeah. Do you like this or this? Yeah. It's like, let me show two ads with different, a little bit different colors, a little different messaging, maybe a different photo to the same audience set. Right. And the first thousand people that see it, if 800 visited, you know, A Mm -hmm. out of the A-B set, then I'm going to stop running money to the B set. Exactly. Which means my money is being better spent because that's the one that people responded to. That's an ad people are clicking on. Right. Right. Or if they're not really responding to either one, I'm going to pull them both down and redesign the ad. That's right. But if you commit to a three-month direct postcard mailer. Or a uh, ad placement in a big magazine. Or a billboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're talking. You committed the money. Yeah. And there's no changing it. Right. Not until not without not until the spending more done. money. That's right. Yeah. Not, not spending more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that about digital, right? Yeah. The ability to truly A-B test and, and kind right. of track performance in a very instantaneous way. It does allow a more of a marketer's playground. Yeah. Can we see, does this work or not? I think digital also offers 24-7 exposure. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Your website being your salesman or your storefront mm-hmm. that's open for you 24 hours a day. Yeah. Same thing with social mm-hmm. ads. I mean, like... Maybe I'm not driving in a car but, in the middle of the night to look at a billboard, but, but I might be at home watching a video or listening to a podcast or right. scrolling on social media. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, what's interesting is like everything that's digital, it, it's, it was traditional and it's just now digital. Right. right. It's the same concept. It's just in a different form. Instead of your billboard being on the side of the highway, your billboard it's is on the side on, of your feed. On the side of your newsfeed. Right? It's the same in thing. your newsfeed. And yeah, now they're realizing that you know, organic content's even more important. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, if you want to reach an older demographic, traditional marketing could be effective. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier with the com- the client that you onboarded this week. You yeah. Know, we found that their market is completely ineffective. But yeah. If who you're trying to market to, they don't get on that. the internet. That's right. Then you don't want to go 100% digital with your marketing. Yes, for new market. Yeah. You probably want to start that avenue because- sure. I guarantee you that older avenue, I don't mean to be morbid, but it's going to go away. Yeah. You know what fair. I'm saying? There's starting to be a yeah. kind of a change of, you know. It will transition. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's already happened. Change is the only thing inevitable. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think too with traditional marketing, um, you know, it typically works really well for branding, like brand awareness. Yes. So it's like when I tell somebody like, hey, you know, they come to me and say, we want to run a billboard. It's like, okay, can you tell me a little bit more about why you want to run a billboard? Yeah. What, what, what do you want to get out of it? What do you want to get out of it? Yeah. And if they're like, oh, we want to get people to visit the website. It's like, okay, we can do that. But I don't want to guarantee that that's the return you're going to get on this. Yeah. People are going so fast. They've got a thousand things in their mind. They might catch a glimpse mm-hmm. of it. It, it's pretty unlikely yeah. that they're going to do it. If you're putting more than two words on a billboard, I think you're wasting your money. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah. I think that billboards serve a couple of different things very well. Branding, just like, so for example, mm-hmm. like a big brand awareness campaign for Rolex or for yep. Coca-Cola or Southwest Airlines, because it's just top of mind. When yeah. you go to think about booking tickets for a travel, maybe you don't realize it, but you've seen a thousand Southwest billboards and you're like, oh, oh yeah, Southwest Airlines, yeah, Travelocity, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's just, it's good branding, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's also really good for what I would consider like directional or signage aspect. Yes. So if you've got a uh, 
water, like a water park or a theme park or a museum or Mm -hmm. a a music venue, a billboard might be really good because it provides some level of visibility to where people can go to find it. Right. Uh, Bucky's, the the huge Texas gas station. Yeah. 215 miles to your next brisket. That's right. Like they work really well for traditional Mm -hmm. billboard campaigns. Well, you know what that does? If I'm a mile past Bucky's and I see a billboard that says 215 miles to the next clean bathroom. You're like, I'm turn, turn that bad boy around and go back to Bucky's. Yeah. yeah, they're creating this traditional sense of urgency, yeah, or or a scarcity or whatever, you know, or, by saying, hey, yeah, hey, look, mm-hmm. something to look forward to. Ten miles up is the best barbecue in Texas. Exactly, and, like, oh, you well, know, the nicest bathrooms, something to look forward. To. It's like, okay, like that sounds cool. Like, let's yeah. wait to go to that. Gas I mean, station. how many Texans probably plan road trips now based on Bucky's? Oh, they totally like, do. You know where they all are. I know where all the Bucky's are. I know stops where they are. all are. And there's like, and they're finally starting to get out of Texas. So, and how many times you've been driving? Along, oh, there's a Bucky's here now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Beaver nuggets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally true, man. And yeah. so I think that. Sign like from a from a directional signage perspective, yeah. billboards are a great form. I think for they that. still work, and yeah, uh, zip it, zip it. You got so many thoughts. I know. I'm trying to hold I them know. all back. You know, I think that both traditional and digital ads can be skipped. I don't think that there's I, one I know. that outperforms better there. I don't think so either. Like because even your YouTube ads, you can skip right through them. And uh, TV ads is what I was thinking of. Sure. Yeah. You know. My uncle, how he watches TV, he turns on the show he wants to watch, it hits pause and goes and does whatever little errand around the house he needs to do. Then he'll come sit down and watch the show so he can skip all the commercials. Yeah. Now, I will say, though, with digital, mm-hmm. digital, you could be more targeted in your, your approach. A hundred percent. Going back to that Rolex example, if you drive down Highway 6 here in Texas between 290, Highway 290 and uh, you know down Highway 6 towards College Station, there's like six Rolex billboards. Okay. They've done some research. They know that the people that are driving that path of highway mm-hmm. have money, but not everybody does. No. So, but they're still, it doesn't matter. They did the best they, targeting they could. Right. And everybody that drives down that road is going to see that billboard regardless if they can afford a Rolex right. or not. I looked up the price of a Rolex. Can't afford a Rolex. Well, they like starting like 1200 More than that. More than that? Dang. Yeah, because I was like, uh, that's been a I was few like it'd be kind of cool to get a Rolex. Yeah. Like just for like, you know, just because. Yeah. Like I'm not one of these people that needs like fancy name brand stuff. Yeah. But I was like. Oh, the Rolex billboard worked on me. Like, how I much do they cost? I think Rolex is great. I think they look wonderful. Yeah. I would never buy one because I'm going to break it. Yeah. When oh, I saw yeah. that they were like four grand or more. Yeah. Five grand I'm or going more, to break it. <laughs> I was like, I, I struggled to pay $500 my Apple Watch. Why would I spend 10 times yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. But, you know, I think that with digital advertising, mm-hmm. you have a lot more targeting. I can specify right. this certain, you know, uh, it's wealth only, class. Yeah. It's only going to go to people who spend this much on Yeah. This. Show me yeah. people who've, you know, purchased online in the last three months. Mm-hmm. Show me people who have a, a salary over $200,000 a year. Right. Show me people who have these certain titles, executive, owner, manager. Those are the type that now you all of a sudden, go after. I'm, my money is way better spent because mm-hmm. I'm only showing the ad to the people who are likely to convert. Right. Right. Now, sure, the Rolex, the billboards worked on me enough to have me go look it up. Uh, yeah. And that's what I was going to say, too. The other side of that coin is one thing Rolex did with that is even for people who can't afford it, it still gave it that high bar of status. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So again, branding, right? Yeah. From a brand awareness standpoint, I was like, oh, Rolex. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why am I seeing Rolex, you know, ads every day or whatever, billboards every day? And so it did make me go do some research, which is good because maybe mm-hmm. it planted the seed in my head that, oh, maybe if maybe I was ever that day. rich, I could get one of these. And maybe that's all they're trying to do. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a long game for them. Yeah. And for a lot, I think that that is one of those things. It's kind of a social status product, yeah. right? Like exactly. it's kind of like a fancy car, like a Lexus or, yeah. you know, whatever. 
And so I think that. I mean, you say fancy watch. People say what? Like a Rolex? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly about, right. No, like a Timex. Yeah, it's, 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 it's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey man, I like my Timex. I had when I was a kid. Uh, hey, it was good. I times myself running around trees so fast. Yeah, I think digital marketing is also easily updated. It's easily updatable to stay relevant. Right? Yes, you can't. We talked about it with the billboard. You're not going to be able to just you know wipe it down and wipe it. And well, I guess now you can because there's digital billboards. But hey, that's right. But that's because this conversation. That, you're seeing this shift, mm-hmm. right? I need to stop talking. No, dude, you're. Hey, man, you are hitting it <laughs> on the money. Because and you know what? Let's just take it from there. Let's let's okay. move from that. Let's just transition into because the- I think traditional to digital that is a perfect example of the of the transition. Yeah, we're you're seeing. right. It really is that digital billboard. Digital billboard because it is the transition. It is. It's it's the it's the best example. I agree. Because it's like billboards are such the traditional item, yeah. right? And I think digital billboards are like this evolution of that. Mm-hmm. And, and so Yeah, I really feel strongly that there isn't one or the other. No, yeah. I mean and there's you'll you'll also think, notice there's not as many digital billboards as our traditional billboards. Right. It's like, okay, there's a scarce. And I think in time technology it, You'll see it happen. You'll I think see, eventually we'll they'll see another all be, shift. I think they'll all eventually be replaced. I think at some point there's going to be it's going to be so targeted it's going to know you're coming before you get to the ad, and it'll scan all your phones before like in traffic. And you know you're what I mean. Hundred percent right. It's going I mean, to a, okay, ads. good example for people that don't know this because I think yeah. for some digital advertising they're aware of it, but they don't realize how much of targeting ability right. you have. Oh man! It's, for example, it's ridiculous. If I wanted to, you know, get someone to come to my gym that I owned. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say, show me people who are fit, show me people who are fat, show right. me people who are unhealthy or healthy. Those are not things that you can target by. No. But what I can do is say, show me people who have in the last three months visited a chiropractor or a massage therapist uh-huh. or a, a physical therapist. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see where you're going. And I started building these attributes of the type of people that- who would also care about physical fitness. Yeah. Right? Because they clearly care about their health. They go see a massage therapist. Right. They go they're going see a, to do these things. Right? Well, they're, and they're already spending money on their health. Mm-hmm. And not only can you say that they they just visited that, you can say, hey, show me people. For example, mm-hmm. let's say that uh, uh, Smoothie King. Yeah. Smoothie King is an example. Smoothie King knows that the type of clients that buy smoothies are probably healthier people. Right? Most. Most people. Yeah. Now, I like a good old Smoothie King just because it's good. Yeah. And not all of them are very healthy when you no, start to get no, to no, it. No, 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 no. But <laughs> the good ones are. They know well, that healthier, yeah, no, like the yeah. angel food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. I would, I would say the good ones. <laughs> yeah, they're the good all ones, good. They're all but, good. Yeah. But I think one of the things that they could do is say, hey, show me people mm-hmm. who have visited or checked in to Nine Round or Planet Fitness in Tomball, Texas within the last three, like 30 days. Yeah. I can target that specifically. Oh, yeah. So now what happens is not only can I target that, I can say when they're in five miles from my mm-hmm. business, Show them this ad. Yep. What the heck? And I know it works like that because how many times I told you I get that McDonald's ad every time I'm yes, sitting at that do. intersection. Proximity like, advertising. This is nuts. Whataburger. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it, but right when I'm feeling healthy, I get a free Whataburger, and I'm like, Hey, no, you've been going to the gym so how much lately. Know? We need you back. Come back, <laughs> Patty. Come back, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there yeah. is such a huge power in, in targeting of digital marketing. Oh, yeah. You know, what I love about digital billboards, you know, if, for those of you that don't know, like what all capabilities you have as an advertiser, you can change that ad as often as you want. Absolutely. Which means we're given the first opportunity to do this A-B testing, right? Right. It's like, okay, we've been running that ad for a week and we didn't see yeah. the return we wanted, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, or maybe your message needs to change each or week. Or you alternate it in rush hour each day. And That's you right. See how your performance a, was. A company that does a good job about this, uh, and I love this because this is taking one more attribute, is um, Windex. No, not Windex. Um, Rainex. Rainex. The windshield wiper company. Oh, yeah, yeah, company. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They can actually run ads mm-hmm. based on when it's raining outside. Ah, uh, weather app, yeah. So using weather data, yeah. When you're driving down the road, hey, time for new windshield wipers. Yeah, Rainex. That's it. And let me tell you and this: it's like, burr, burr, if, burr. yeah, if, you're, if your <laughs> stuff is messing up in the moment, you're going. Yeah. Yep, going to going to go get those yeah. because you're thinking, okay, I need them, right? Yeah. And so they're showing it to you when you are most likely to be considering that purchase. And that's, that's that's just scary targeting, man. Like you're not in control of any of the decisions you make anymore. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> I like it. Like I nerd out about this stuff. I know. I think it's really cool just knowing that we can take this data and this data and use it to create this circle of thing. And like, exactly. Yeah, I love this stuff. So, I, I've always loved marketing, even uh, since watching those so commercials fun. as a little kid, yeah. you know? It's just so good. Somehow I knew one day I was going to grow up to make those commercials. Yeah, I just... Like, yeah. I, I, I enjoy a good marketing campaign, I even if too. I know they get me. Like, oh, I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You you got me good. Sometimes I, it's like <laughs> props, like, ah. Nice. Touche. Clever. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. And I've told businesses that before. I'm like, hey, you... Good job. Good job. Good job. You, you, you. got me on this. One. That was good. So we're going to talk about how to be... Up to the digital code. Up to the digital code, right? If we're moving out of traditional into digital, we're going to talk about that. I also want to make sure that we kind of at least a little bit hint on how you can bridge the two. Yes. Um, I think there's some good things you can do there. Mm-hmm. But I'd say the first and the thing that we will always talk about at Beefy Marketing oh, yeah. is having a good website. You have to. What was the thing that you mentioned earlier? Was it you or John that said at that lunch? lunch? Oh, it was John. And what did he say? Because it was so good. It and was I thought, so good. Write I think that down said, and use it on your podcast. I think he said, just because my website... Okay, my website isn't making me money, but it is losing me money. Yes. Something to that effect. So that, yeah, it was better. It was but better, it was basically but that's that. close. Yeah. <laughs> basically, the idea is a lot of times people will say, I don't see the value in a, in a nice website because I don't think it's going to make me money. Right. However, mm-hmm. if you don't have a nice website- It could lose you. It could definitely cost you money. A hundred percent. Because you may have some people who their perspective of what you have out there is cheap. There's a restaurant or in town. Not well done. Uh, I won't say their name. Yeah. There's a restaurant in town who I had a negative experience a few years ago with their lunch menu. I got you. So I've never been back. Okay. Their Yelp reviews reflect that. They're mm-hmm. two and a half stars, three stars maybe. So again, I've never been back. Yeah. Well, the other day somebody mentioned that they had good breakfast tacos. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'll give it a go. Right? Yeah. I'm weary to go back to this place and but pay money for crap food. Crap again, food. But, but I'll, all right. I'll give it a go. Yeah. And I had a great experience for breakfast. Okay. And then I went back with a friend mm-hmm. to see, okay, will this be Well, will breakfast be was good. Was it a fluke? Yeah. Was it a fluke? Went back, good again. I made it a point to go talk to the manager and say, yeah. you guys really got to spend some time on your, your online reviews because for the last three years, I've not been here because- I didn't think it was perc- very good. Perception's and, reality. Yeah. Neither right? did anybody else apparently. The reviews clearly show that what I felt was true. Right. You guys have got to do something See, about that. You have an image issue. Right. One bad review, eh, it can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Consistent bad reviews, kill you. And what happens is yeah. businesses, I think most businesses realize how important it is to have better reviews. Yeah. But they don't invest in getting better reviews. Right. Because it does take 
time and effort to yeah. get done. I mean, yeah. it's got to, you have to have an approach to it. It's just like anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, well, if we go and just fill out a bunch of reviews, you know, one day they're all bad, the next day they're all good and yeah. worded not, you know, yeah. it doesn't look organic. It, and I think the other thing too is like, people are like, oh, well, we are, we, we do care about reviews. And it's like, okay, well, what is your strategy to get right. there? Well, we tell people if you had a good experience, write us a review. It's like, but was that enough? That was enough. No, it wasn't enough. You need to give them something, right? Like, pull them free into appetizer that. for giving yeah. us a good review, or at least put them put them into a marketing automation that kind of says, "Hey, here's mm-hmm. here's an easy way to go leave us a review." Yeah, right. When you just tell me to leave a review, you're asking me to go to go figure, figure out, out how to do it. Yeah, find your link. No, you need to you make give it easy them a for link. Me. Give me yeah. a link. That's one of the go big, here okay. and review. Yeah, there's a good example of bridging traditional and digital. Absolutely, we could do a traditional postcard or mm-hmm. you know, like a little square card, like a little business card, and put a mm-hmm. QR code on it. Yep, that makes it really easy and for someone to scan it. You see that a lot these days. Well, post, I'd say middle middle of COVID, as restaurants started opening back up, yeah. and everyone was afraid to have you know paper menus. menus. There was a co- hey, there's QR a QR code. code at the table. Scan it. Our menus there, and I've seen a lot of restaurants keep to that. I've seen them do that very well, and I've seen it done very badly. And the ones who did it too. badly aren't still doing it, and they may not. I'm not going to put anything on anybody, but I would say the ones who implemented that and then are still doing it are thriving more so than they were. And here's my thought on that. You know, I I am still, I guess, because I'm older. I still like to have that paper menu that I can hold and mm-hmm. it's tangible and flip it. But what happens is maybe as a restaurant, I don't need to buy as many of those menus, right? Ooh. Maybe I have 40 of them. And if someone asks, absolutely, here you go. Love to give you a menu. Yeah. Or you can use our QR code at the, at the table. Because most likely everyone's going to have their phone in their hand and not mind scanning the QR code. That's right. Especially we've been kind of trained to now do it Now we're just doing way. it. And yeah. that's another thing to remember in marketing. You're training people how to act. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> You're right. I mean, just yeah. the Apple Watch, the iPhone uh-huh. conversation from the beginning. 100%. We have been, this is, you know, shaped to make the purchase decisions, to, to go get the cereal for your kids that you liked when yeah. you were a kid and the advertising exactly. that you saw. And so I think that what is so great about, you know, hey, limited amount of paper menus and then the rest QR is one of the things that I think restaurants struggle with the most mm-hmm. is as their menu changes, as their menu evolves, a traditional menu requires a reprint. The worst thing, either a reprint, or, which they might not do, or the stupid crossing it out, which cross I it out. hate. That's I think that's the <laughs> trashiest thing. And there are probably plenty of restaurants out there that are guilty of this. It, it almost looks like we're not surfing this anymore. It, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, that's how I always take This is it. hard to make. <laughs> so I, I do think that you know, being able to bridge both of that, yeah. that traditional, yeah, like we're still going to have paper because we realize that there are customers that want that, mm-hmm. but maybe we don't print as many, which means when we reprint, it's not as expensive to do right. so. So you're lowering your costs there. And that digital menu can be updated on the fly. That's the one you're printing. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like the digital one you literally just, oh, if you have a change in the back of house right now, yeah. you could update it online and, every- and it's reflected at mm-hmm. everybody sitting at the table. Yep. So no one's sitting at the table looking at a menu and you've got three items on that menu. I hate going to a restaurant and them saying, Ordering we don't have that. We oh, we don't have that. Oh, oh we haven't that. had that forever. We haven't had that forever. And it's yeah. like, then get it off your menu for yeah. God's sake. And don't put it right? on like, there. Come on. Yeah. And I think that that is also like, that goes hand in hand with a good website. Mm-hmm. When you have a website, it goes back to that digital versus traditional billboard. Mm-hmm. A website can be updated instantly. Instantly. Which means when you send someone to that site, mm-hmm. it should have the latest up-to-date information about what it is that you do. And I would like to take a second, climb up on my soapbox. Do it. And talk about going to a website and finding outdated information. Equally as important. <laughs> I I will leave the website and probably not make a purchase. 
Same. Because ugh, this is two years old. Are you guys even still a business? That's right. And I think that's And important. you could be thriving. And what do you hear from clients when you try to sell them a website? And again, I'm not bashing any businesses mm-hmm. out there. I'm just talking about the truth that we have seen every day. Well, my, my cousin did it for me. I don't need to keep... It, nothing really changes about anything that we're doing. Nothing I don't need changes to update on it. it. I don't need updates. It's like, yeah, you do. Well, you go ahead and just put up your... It's misspelled. Your menu's not accurate. Your website from six months ago is not up to date. That's right. Mechanically. 100%. There's, yeah. there's updates happening in the back end. Mm-hmm. There's or database changes. There's speed changes. It's not secure. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Most websites do not have that little and, lock at the top. And there are people who will not visit a website that doesn't have one. Oh, I've had customers before where I forgot to add the, the SSL uh-huh. certificate, call me and say, hey, our website's not secure. And I'm like, oh, I'll get it fixed right this second. Yeah. Like to the point now, we've edited our process to make sure to that make sure one of our checklists is yeah. No, I remember SSL you got that call that one day. I think like, I fixed it while you were driving. You probably, oh, yeah, it was. It <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were driving to yeah. Fort Worth. Yes, that was yeah, what that was. was. for that show. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, let's fix that right away. And it was an easy it was an easy fix, right? Oh, yeah. But it's important. No, because I remember you were like, this is going to take a minute. I, like, I know web design. <laughs> yeah. Another way to be relevant digitally is citation building. Absolutely. We've talked about this for, I think we called it link building last year. Yeah, time. link building. But it's the same thing, basically. Yeah. I mean, and the big part of it is creating local listings. Like that's another word people use, like local listing. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that your information is up to date across a variety of platforms. Right. You would be surprised how many businesses out there, if you Google their name, mm-hmm. how much mismatched information there is. Yeah, On we Yelp, talking, it's got a phone number yeah. and Google's got a different number. You're talking about that crawfish company. Yeah, the earlier. crawfish company at lunch that we were talking about, that their Google issue right now is that it says they're permanently closed. But they're not they're definitely, permanently They just closed. built a whole new addition to their restaurant. Yeah. Um, that right there is the importance of your local listing, your citations, mm-hmm. right? Like, Making sure that all the information about you and your business on the internet is, is up to date, is correct. Is well, it the right phone number? And, and all even that? from a sales perspective, do you have the right salesman phone number out there? Because mm-hmm. are people calling the wrong number? And it, maybe it's a discontinued number at this point. That's right. Because it was a business line for a specific person that you decided to change the number on. Same thing with emails, addresses. Mm-hmm. Like just recently, we realized that our Facebook address was wrong. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. And that was a royal pain in the butt because what mm-hmm. was happening is we were trying to tag like ourselves at beefy marketing. Right. And it was pulling up an old address. And I was like, why is this happening? Why is that? Yeah. Like our Google listings, right? This is right. That's right. It's because we had forgot to update it on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah. It's so important to make sure that when you're building citations, you're submitting your business to all these local directories, mm-hmm. search engines know when, how, and where to find your business. Oh yeah. That's huge. It is huge. Because if I see a company's permanently out of business, like that crawfish place, mm-hmm. I might just go ahead and look for the next crawfish place. Absolutely. Because even though you might have told me, oh, uh-huh. yeah, you need to try that place, yeah. I'm going to be like, well, Google says they're well, out of business. And where it is, there's not really a whole lot else around it. So you would have to kind of go out of your way. To check it out. And so, yeah. It's like, no, never mind. I'm going to just look up the place that says they are open. Yep. Now, fortunately for crawfish companies, eh, they're not struggling. You're going to sell crawfish. You smell it out. You're going to sell crawfish. You know, and you could also think of citation building, you know, similar to link building, like we talked yeah. about in, in our SEO conversations. I think so too. You want your website or your web links on other websites. Yeah. Pointing back to your website, mm-hmm. your email, your phone number, your address. Right. Because it's just giving Google power to go, okay, mm-hmm. this is a legitimate company. It, it's majorly impactful for right. SEO. Um, I wanted to say one quick way to to make this happen, if you don't know how to get your stuff in a website like that, build a directory site. Yeah. You know, if you've got a foam company, 
build a foam company directory usa.com yeah list your company but then you've got a list of all your competitors like, yeah, it's like you who can cares? Use, yeah marketing data can be multi-purposed yeah don't ever forget that i was actually going to create a whole website that was like a list of like, a, like a wedding venue directory yeah looking for a wedding venue here's every wedding venue all across the country the value for me was i was going to rank for every wedding venue keyword yeah. it possibly you know so it's, it's, it's value for me and the companies i'm providing value right. to Right. And so there's a lot of great things about that. That's a good idea. Yeah. You can also use websites like, um, I think it's moz.com slash right. local. So you got fine stuff. And yeah. it'll help you submit your website to all the different directories that are out there. Because there are so many, depending on your industry. I mean, there's websites specifically to realtors. There's websites specifically to lawyers and, and medical companies. And, uh, you know, same thing for the marketing space. You know, there's different mm -hmm. places for that. Um, we've talked about reviews already, but yeah, I think that kind of bring that back up. You yeah, know? we went through that. You know, the first thing that you do when you're trying to decide to go where to eat, what do you do? You pull open your app. Yeah, I open Yelp yeah, every Yelp. single time. I'm, I'm the map guy. No, Apple I want to know what's around me. Yeah, I want to know what's what's near me. Yelp, this might take me out of my way. Yeah, you're like, uh, I don't. But go I'm there. a big on the path. Yeah, it's stopper. Fair. Yeah. You know? And what happens when you see a bad review? When I see a bad review, I don't go eat there. Yep. Which is exactly what I said with my situation. Yeah, I, Three I years. Yeah, we kind of went over that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's exactly right. And I think that, you know, kind of just to, you know, recap there is like, yeah. you have got to take a proactive approach to not only, quote unquote, soliciting for positive reviews, mm -hmm. but okay, this is a really important topic and I'll cover it briefly because I think we're going to do a whole episode about this. Okay. But one of the things that businesses struggle with when it comes to review reputation management is that for so long, they don't focus on it. And then all of a sudden, they listen to a podcast episode like this and, and they say, and oh, oh, it's the most important thing ever. We need yeah. to do it. It's okay right now. And yeah. what happens is they send out 100 emails to 100 of their customers mm -hmm. and ask them to go straight to Google and leave a review. But here's the problem there, John. Yeah. They don't know that 40 of those customers, mm -hmm. for some reason over the last year, are pissed off with them. Right. Maybe they just felt unheard or they felt like you've not talked to them recently. Okay, I, I got you. You and don't want to just ask everybody. That's right. Because what happens now yeah. is a 40, let's just say that out of those 100 people, only 20 review. And let's say that 15 of them are the people that you pissed that off. Mad. Yeah. Well, you just got 15 bad reviews and five good reviews. Yeah. What What happened to your reviews? It went down. It might have gone down. Mm -hmm. You're like, what the hell? Like, And then you're thinking, Andrew's, that guy's an idiot. He told me to right. give more reviews and look what happened. Here's the difference. Yeah. When you use a review or reputation management software or you work with an agency like ours, we have tools that kind of gate that. Mm -hmm. And let me talk about that because there are some legal implications. Right. You can't. We can't tell people not to go leave a bad review. Yeah. Okay. But what we can do is we can put what's called like an NPS or a net promoter score. Let's just call it, you know, gate mm -hmm. between the person's experience and the person's review. I got you. And so what that looks like is I'll send an email to you and say, hey, John, would you mind letting me know how you know you feel about our experience? Sure. And there's like a little circles of one through 10. Yeah. And if you put anything below a six, mm -hmm. it's going to trigger my system to send you an email that says, hey, John, let's have a conversation to see about what we can what do better. Wrong. Well, what I like about that, not only from trying to rig the numbers. Yeah, because we don't know. You can't just do that. That's right. You have to actually meet people and solve problems. That's 100% so accurate. That, what was your pain point? Why were you so mad at my company? What can we well, do to be better? I hadn't eaten all day. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't even us. Like, Here's a free app. Sorry you, you had a bad time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sorry it took a little Sorry, it took a little longer to get out than usual. Yeah. Because a lot of times those people can go back and, you know, 
if, if they even if they did go to Google, because at that point, the way this software works is it'll get that email that says, hey, how did you feel? Yeah. And they're still in kind of smaller font that says, hey, if you'd like to leave us a review, you can. Right. But the focal is about your experience. Right. So that we can kind of, again, field some of those, you know, uh, right. responses and we can hopefully do something about it. Right. Now, as soon as you review higher than, say, a seven, seven to ten. I'm going to send you another email that says, hey, thank you so much for sharing your experience with me. Would you mind leaving me a review on Google? Because you had such a good time, you would be the perfect person, person to, to leave me a review. Right. Now, you're not... Okay, I got you. You're not forcing things. No. But... It's just like that targeted advertising. It, it's a gatekeeper, like you were saying. It, Let me not ask you to go leave me a review if you're pissed off. Yeah. You go this way. You, you, you go over yeah, here. You, yeah. Hey, you like me. Please yeah. leave me a good review. You come on You. In. Let's figure out what we can do to make your experience Let's take better. you back to the bar room and see if we can't. Yeah. Make this right. Yeah. An appetizer, another drink, yeah. uh, you know, fixing a, a bad customer service right. experience. But that helps you be better as a restaurant or even as a company, no matter what you're doing. It helps you be better. Yeah. Because one, you're finding where your customer is upset with you and how to alleviate that. Yeah. I'd say too, if you are focused on reviews or you think you're doing a great job with Google mm-hmm. reviews currently or whatever your review strategy is. If you're not responding to your reviews, you're equally in a bad position. Even like if they're the website, even if they're thing, all good yeah. reviews, you still need to be letting those people know, like, hey, thank you so hey, much thank for you sharing so that much. experience. You know? I think even more so, yes, you should probably address all bad reviews. Oh, a hundred percent. But all good reviews you should address as well. You. Here's a ten percent discount. Same thing that you would yeah. do for the bad experience, you do for the good experience. That's right. Because Here's they're your free app they had a good experience. What does that mean? They're, they're gonna more come back. app likely to return. And maybe they'll bring a friend next time. Right. And so you give them what? A free app coupon. And what maybe you gave away a seven dollar thing. Yeah. But they bought a meal. That's right. And then yeah. hopefully they brought some friends and right. family members. And it wasn't yeah. It totally made up for the free app. Yeah. Right. So I think that, you know, with reviews. That's important. I also think that the frequency in which you've gotten reviews. A lot of companies are like, oh, yeah, I got four stars on Google. And it's like, but yeah, your last review was six years yeah. ago. Are you still good? Nobody yeah. knows. The last review you got was six years ago. Did the ownership change and now you just suck, but you still are leveraging the old yeah, owners? Especially reviews. with a restaurant that could be such so a So true because there's such high turnover, right? Yeah. Same thing with the medical space. There's a lot of mm-hmm. times doctor's practices get passed on oh, to yeah. the younger doctor or whatever. Um, so I think that that's really important to talk about when we talk about reviews and how important it is to mm-hmm. your, to really your overall digital strategy. Um, video. <laughs> oh, video. This is probably one of the biggest and best ways that you can kind of embrace the change of digital. Well, I agree because not only, you know, can they hear what you're saying, you can give them visuals to create an experience. Yeah. It's storytelling. Yeah. Right. And that's people, all it is. I think for, they say a photo is worth a thousand words, right? Like, what is a video worth? Yeah. Right? It's so compelling whenever yeah. you, can, when really? you can experience is... it, right? Yeah. Um, because people buy from people, mm-hmm. and there's a level of authenticity that you get out of a video that you aren't going to catch in a in a in just a traditional or ad. Or in a print ad. Perfect example, because mm-hmm. we're talking about the, the combination of both, yes. right? Right now, we're working on this annual report for a uh, oh, local, like local organization. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they do in their annual report every year is feature local businesses in the community that have benefited from their services. Mm-hmm. Okay. And typically what they do is they put a little photo of their business. Right. And they put like a few sentences describing what their experience was like. Right. Yeah. And so this year, since we're designing it, I said, hey, I've got an idea. What do you guys think about putting a QR code at the bottom of every single one of these people's stories mm-hmm. and saying to learn more about 
this business, yeah. to learn more about beefy marketing, to learn more about you know OMG Event Co. Mm-hmm. Scan this QR code, and then it pops up a video, and it watches a video. Ooh, I love it. Now, you're not hearing me talk about how good I am. You're hearing my customer tell me, tell you, tell you about how their experience was with us. I think that's twofold. One, your customer felt strongly enough to sit down and record a video about their experience. That says a lot about you yeah. already. And what they say about you is going to be way better than what and you then, can make up. And two, it's someone else's words about you. It's yeah. not your own, I am so great. Uh, right. I think of a lot of times I think of the Simpsons episode where Bart's running down the hall beating pants. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, I think of that about myself all the time. Oh, yeah, I'm so great. You know, uh, right. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that like, and that's what I told them like when, when I said, hey, I want to be a part of this project. I said, mm-hmm. this year I want, instead of sentences that you guys have come up with about your people, yeah. I want as many testimonials in this from from them. Authenticity is such a big thing. Especially in the world of digital. Especially in the digital, because it's easy, deep fake. Yeah. Let's go there oh. since we're talking about video. Yeah. You can fake anything on the internet. Mm-hmm. You can fake you can fake anything in the digital age. Yep. I've seen Tupac live on stage in the last couple of years. You can fake <sighs> so anything. Crazy. It's a hologram. Nuts. Yeah. So, authenticity. Yeah. And I'd say video, even though it can be faked, I think video is one of the more authentic ways. It's still powerful. Like me posting a logo in a sentence, Mm -hmm. I don't know that you... Because reviews on people's websites is a good example. Yeah. If you don't see that it's from a third-party site like Google where you know it's quote-unquote vetted or from a third-party source, a lot of companies have what they call first-party reviews, which is ones that you literally just type out and put on your website. Right. I don't know that that's real. Yeah. There's nowhere on the internet to validate that. Right. And right? that's that's where I'm getting at. Yeah. And I think that with video, to some extent, I think people go, oh, that's Tommy with Tommy Bahamas, well, it, you know, whatever. Even if I check none of the facts, it gives me facts to check. You know, this is so-and-so with this business. I can go over there and ask this guy. Just sometimes the transparency of, yeah, go ask him. Mm-hmm. The, that non, you know, just no fear and yeah, go ask him is enough to, all right, well, they seem legit enough to me, you know, depending on the purchase or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, video, I think most people prefer video just in general Uh, anyways. We love video. I mean, YouTube, number two search engine. And now TikTok TikTok, and Instagram Reels. Instagram Instagram trying to cheat them by doing Instagram Reels. It just goes to show you how, I mean. I think it was Instagram trying not to go traditional by the wayside you know what i mean they're trying to stay relevant and be in the digital age that's right and i mean even you're seeing youtube mm-hmm. i don't remember what their features called but they're getting shorts, shorts? is that what it's mm-hmm. called yeah they realize that short yeah. form video I know. I'm, I'm about to start important. getting into those real real heavily here. i was trying to go through my app to quickly see how much time i spend on tiktok but i can never remember how, how to actually get to it here uh, screen time. setting screen time yeah. screen time apps i'm gonna just jump through here and I want to see how much time I've spent. Let's see. Okay, so here is my daily average. Um, oh my gosh, my average time spent on TikTok in a day. Oh, I am shame. This is for shame. TikTok four hours. Instagram three hours. <laughs> Messages two hours. Facebook one hour. You see the hierarchy of the content types too? Yeah. TikTok, video, Instagram video, now, video, yeah. messages, text. Okay, that is what it is. Facebook, yeah, video, but not as much. The hierarchy there of the type of apps that I'm spending yeah. my time in. So, yeah, it Ooh. looks like I'm on TikTok and Instagram and then playing my new baseball game. 
for the most part. <laughs> I do feel ashamed of this, but it just goes to show how important yeah. video is, right? Like video is a format yeah. that I think we're all familiar with, we're comfortable with, we enjoy. It also, it goes back to like that, for us at least, it goes back to that old age of like yeah. a quick 30 second commercial, a quick mm-hmm. 60 second commercial. Yeah. We're feeling that in the apps like TikTok. Yeah. We're seeing something we short. Are. We also realize that people's attention spans is not what it used mm-hmm. to be. And if you can capture my attention in 30 to 60 seconds yeah. in a format, like a video, mm-hmm. you're able to tell a lot in a small amount of time. Yep. You can't get that in just a graphic. You can't you get can't. that on a billboard. No. You can't communicate as much in the amount you of time. You can communicate an entire page worth of written word in one second of video. Yeah. Also, live? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Oh, going live, that's where it removes that deep fake, yeah. you know, it feels fake thing completely because it's live. And it's interactive. Yeah, We talked exactly. about the fact that- I can you know, pull up what you're talking about. And how do much do people love being on TV? So when you, oh, this is so-and-so's comment, they're like, oh my God, I love that. Oh, yeah, I exactly. love that. I hey, they mentioned me. Even if there's somebody, and that's the fun thing about live is yeah. a lot of these celebrities are like, oh, hey, I do see you there. And you're like, oh, oh they, they see say me. my name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I think we're all- looking for validation Mm -hmm. we're all looking to be heard exactly and social media and live video they're fastest to do it yeah right lastly Um, social media and i think we've kind of already covered this but i've got one more stat here on video oh yeah 83 percent of people prefer to watch videos to accept access instructional information oh yeah yeah. See that that just goes to so show learning stuff. I don't want to read it from a book. I don't want to yep. listen to a book. I want to watch a video on it and then do it. People and I'm me, a visual learner. Yeah. People ask me all the time, like Andrew, how did you learn all this? YouTube University. YouTube University. Like seriously, Dude, like we gotta make that a shirt. We do. We, I mean, we both. Have, do you have a college degree, right? Yeah. In graphic design, web design, uh, something like that. Media. Oh, yeah. oh fancy, mm, fancy, <laughs> fancy. Meanwhile, my degree is worthless. My <laughs> bachelor's in music production and over here producing podcasts. Hey, uh, it's kind of same funny. thing. Hey, if it's, you want me to start writing should songs. Should I sing? <laughs> you want me to write songs musical, for you? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll just produce the songs. There you go. Yeah, it's perfect. All right. No, you're, you're right. I mean, for us, like we have gone through this transition where mm-hmm. video is such a huge part of our lives. It, is. it yeah. taught me most of the things that I know about what I do. And yeah. honestly, it's still to this day, mm-hmm. if I'm stuck, yeah. like when we built this brand new podcast studio, what did I do? I pulled up like 50 videos, narrowed mm-hmm. it down to like five. And I said, yeah. John, I like this from this video. Yeah, watch I like these this five videos video. and then let's build something. Yeah. And we took the elements from each of these people, mm-hmm. which that. And the stuff that we needed for our space. That's what I love about yes. what we do here is we look at like the most baller, yeah, it's like, top okay. of the line. And then we go, okay, what's practical? How can we do that? A little yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't. We didn't go cheap all the way around no, here. There's a couple the expensive toys around There's here. There's a thousand dollars worth of light behind me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know what? That, what's so cool about video too is like it provides this level of accessibility. Yeah. And exposure beyond our, you know, I guess normal circle I'd of say influence be- or our besides own. your regular circle or natural circle of influence. And I, I hate to get like you know political or dark in this you know episode, but like mm-hmm. the war in Ukraine happening right now. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing through video the first time really in what I would consider American history yeah. where we have a front row seat to a pretty crazy set yeah. of events that are happening around say, the we've, world. We've had this happen before, yeah, but we haven't been 
the war hasn't started on social media. That's like right. This one, and we, like, did, we yeah. This one has been documented from the get go, even two years ago. When from a true POV getting, perspective, yeah, right? Yeah, I remember, like you know, uh, Operation Enduring. You know, I mean, Iraqi yeah, Freedom. There's and all been that. There some was media movies, coverage yeah. and all that, mm-hmm. but we're seeing people's TikTok. Videos. I know we're not seeing like what was edited and put on the news. We're yeah, what I'm seeing on TikTok is guys from Ukraine, like they pulled up to some Russians and were. Hey, do you need us to push you back to Russia? Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> and oh, like my God. oh my God. Oh my God, it's crazy. This yeah. is really unfolding. If that's what it really said, who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I'd say all that to say that video is providing this level of access. Yeah. You know, and exposure for people all around I mean, the world. We want it. You know, I mean, I've discovered businesses and products and people that I would have never had the access to. If I hadn't had a video. If yeah. there would have been this digital transition, mm-hmm. right? Imagine everything you and I knew if there hadn't been this digital shift. Every decision we made, every opportunity we had would have only been impacted by the people around us. You're right. Which is scary to me because when (laughs) – it's scary to me for a variety of reasons. Okay. The biggest reason is that when we leave high school, Mm -hmm. we tend to kind of settle in our own new life. Right. You kind of become an adult. You're an adult. You have your family, like your immediate family. You have your spouse. You have your children. And you and maybe you have your job and the people that work at that job with mm-hmm. you, right? Yeah. And that that is the case back then. It's a, it's the case now. Yeah. The difference is, if we would be twenty years back in time in terms of technology, if everything was still right. traditional, we might not ever change jobs. We might not ever start a side hustle. We might mm. not ever realize how important you know things across the country and the world are are to if- what we're doing. If technology isn't where it was, I don't think we'd see small business booming like we do. That's right. I don't think we'd have the 50% of failure number because there wouldn't be that many open. That's right. Yeah. So I think that as there's a lot of terrible that comes with digital, there's a lot of weird that comes with digital. But that's every space. That's right. And I think that personally, mm-hmm. I think it's it's beautiful. Like it is sad that like maybe we're not as connected as we used to be, but it's like, were we yeah. though? We were, were only we connected really... in these small circles. Yeah. Yeah, we were closer. We talked and we hung out more. Mm-hmm. Us and our thirty friends. Yeah. Now we have access to a million friends around the world. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you think about your favorite YouTubers. You know, or your yeah. favorite TikTokers. Yeah. And I feel one like- of mine is from India. That's so cool. I didn't even think about and to, but yeah, one of my favorite guys that I would consider an influence that I look at and like, man, that's cool stuff. Yeah, he's from India. You would have not had that experience. I would have never seen his stuff if there wasn't the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I think from a culture perspective Mm -hmm. and from a relational experience in the big picture, man, that's freaking beautiful. It really is. Uh, It's beautiful. That's what I was thinking as you said that. You know, I don't really think about that, but like- But even for me, that's awesome. Like, I mean, I'm not friends with these people that I follow, but I do feel like I have a connection to them in some weird way. I can at least transfer creativity with them. That's right. And that for me is huge. Never thought about it that way. Because my brain, the way it works is like a pin board. You throw something at it and it, bing. And I think most people's are. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. I think that's kind of what we were designed to be, a ping pong table just by ideas. Digital is beautiful. It really is. Traditional is as well. Yeah. And with the with the and hybrid combination, I of think both. that's why I titled it "Traditional Marketing in the Digital Age." Yeah, because I think traditional is changing. At one point, we'll be giving this talk, and we'll be talking about traditional marketing mm-hmm. and what we're talking about right now. Yeah, and I think you know, 
there's so many things that are evolving. You know, when you think about billboards, mm-hmm. you think about digital billboards. When you think about postcards, you can now say, okay, hey, the, the thousand people that we're sending the audience to, you let's can also now, run ads at the same time to the same audience. You can mail audience. somebody a video now. Yeah. Oh, oh, those little that cards. That little card has the video screen. Those are so cool. I just thought about that. That, that is the perfect yeah. juxtaposition of video and traditional. And traditional. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? Well, John, let's get to our hack of the day. Let's do it. Hacks! One of my favorite tools that I think you guys should know about, we've been using it beefy probably for the last three or four years, which Mm -hmm. I think is, again, the perfect, you know, combination of traditional and digital, is the fact that we're a marketing agency, and mm-hmm. a lot of you businesses, uh, you know, transactions happen in a digital world, in a digital space, whether it's through email or text, yeah. uh, maybe phone calls, which isn't you know, technically digital, but it is. You know, uh, I think that it, it basically is, right? I don't know. It depends what, on if you have an iPhone. Uh, or not. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're still using an Android, you it's, are using traditional it's, marketing. That's analog. <laughs> analog, baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was good. I like it. <laughs> Um, there's a great product out there called handwritten. Oh yes. Written is spelled W R Y T T E N. So okay. handwritten.com. And what they do is this is funny because it's kind of like the, the mix up of all the things, traditional and digital and robots. So they actually have robots. No joke. Oh. Uh, that will handwrite a letter for you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? This is so weird. Oh, keep going. The, the robots will handwrite a letter for you. Yeah. And then they will actually handwrite the address and the name of the recipient on the envelope. And then I'm assuming humans and not robots put a real stamp on it. Wow. And they mail it to your customer for you. And the way I've used this in my business, and I think the way that you guys could use it in your business to leverage traditional and digital is like what John brought up earlier. When you personalize marketing, when you personalize your touch points, I think mm-hmm. it starts to, again, feel more authentic. I think it starts yeah. to feel more personal. And so the what we have been able to do is when we bring on a new customer, we actually have them into this nice digital automation where it's like, hey, you got an email. We introduced you. We did our website onboarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we launched your website. And then at the end, I have a they call it an API key, which basically allows me to send data from this digital tool to another company. And I send them the info of my customer. So their name, their business name, the script of the letter I want to send out. So, you know, dear Bobby, it was so great to work with you. I look forward to working on future projects together. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Signed, Andrew Brockenbush, right? And not only that, I can also ask Handwritten to throw a $10 Starbucks gift card in the envelope, for Oh, example. nice. And they've got a variety of different gift cards you can choose from, and you can choose the amounts. And what it does is they use that robot. It actually hand... I say handwrites in the sense that it's not printed. Yeah. Truly, this robot it holds a really pen. really holds a pen. And- so it's real ink on real paper. And oh, so they mail print. that card on your. Yeah, I know. That's Sorry, true. I'm just yes. messing okay, with you. John. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I know what you mean by real ink on real paper. You mean traditional, traditional ink it's on all the real same. paper. Wait, on traditional real paper. <laughs> <laughs> They'll mail it on your behalf. Yeah. And what I love about that is my customers who would never expect to receive a card from me because I'm a digital company. Yeah. Get that touch point. And I think that for most people, that really personalizes the experience. They say, oh, wow, these guys are real. Yeah. They're not just a digital company. Right. They're not a scam. They're real. They're, they're real people, mm-hmm. right? They wrote me a card. I can see it with pen and ink. I can see the little you know mess ups. I can see the, the little smudges. Yeah. There's a stamp, the whole nine yards. And I think that for me, that is my hack for the day. If you're looking yeah. to get started in this realm of connecting digital and traditional, mm-hmm. still send your customers cards. Tell them thank you. Tell yeah. them to appreciate them. Let them know that you'd you'd like to work with them on a new project or how, you know, this new product that you've released, whatever it may be. Yeah. Do that 
to connect on a deeper level. That's awesome. I've got a thousand more options for you guys, but that's the one for today. John. Man. This is a great conversation. I love this one. And it sparked so many ideas for new episodes. Same. Same. Talk to you guys later. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.